Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, and welcome back to the Roker Report Extra Podcast in association with Forks Brewery. A lot has changed since our last extra pod. Sunland have a new manager in Phil Parkinson. And whilst we had a little bit of a grueler at Wickham, we've just smashed Tranmere Rovers by five goals to nil. So all is good. As we hope to continue our run this Saturday, we do travel to wonderful Shropshire. And joining us this week to discuss all things Shrewsbury and Salop is a returning guest and a particular, a particular even extra favourite, Ollie from the Salopcast. How are you doing, Ollie? Are you well? I'm very well, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely not a problem at all, mate. Let's kick straight off with last night's game for yourselves. Uh, we won 5-0, as discussed, but you drew 1-1 with Gillingham. How was the performance? <laughs> um, very, very dull and boring. Um, I'm sure you guys, your fans are familiar with going to a ground and hearing grumblings for 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was dire, utterly dire. Um, it took us 24 minutes to have a shot. Um, and it's one of those games where central defenders have no one to pass to. They end up playing it long to strikers who are below six foot. And that methodology doesn't really work very well in League One because um, most central defenders are above six foot. So, yeah, it was a very testing game. Um, in the end, craziness for us, we nearly created enough chances to actually win in the end, but we couldn't. And, yeah, it's a, it's very much a, a kind of tale of two kind of stories for Shrewsbury this season in terms of going forward and, and in defence where... Yeah, we're good at one and not so good at the other. Yeah, I've noticed the. It looks like you're you're one of the better defenses in the league. We've already discussed off air Max O'Leary, but going going forward, there seems to be a real problem scoring. I think there's only Bolton have scored less goals than you. Is that right? That is true. Bolton, um, yeah, only the only team that have a worse record than us. Um, and while you look at the, you have to play 13 games and scored 11 goals. Um, you might say it's nearly pushing it one a game. But we scored seven of those goals in two games. So we scored four against South End and three against Accrington Stanley. And no offence um, to anyone from South End. Yeah. The teams are quite easy to score against as well, aren't they? Yeah. So the scoring goals is a major, major issue for us. Now, we did get a couple of better strikers after the transfer window had closed. But as a functioning unit going forward in attack, um, we're, very, we're very poor, very dysfunctional. Um, and a, a lot of fans are questioning the formation and the tactics. Um, but yeah, it seems to me it's not just the, the formation, it's the kind of the instruction the players have. It's um, very, very frustrating at the moment. I mean, we talked about, um, I think sort of again off air, we talked about, and, and even when I just look at the players that you've got on the team, 
I see Jason Cummins there. Obviously, as people know, I've I've lived in Scotland a long time, and Jason Cummins was one of those players that was a really good up and coming player at Hibs. Didn't do the worst job at Rangers. He has tailed off a little bit, but still a, a relatively big name in this league. And then Steve Morrison, who's been scoring goals around the second and third divisions for for years and end. So it's not so much the strikers then; it's the style of play that's causing you the problem. Yeah, at all. Steve Morrison actually left the club last week. Oh, really? Wow. Um, wow. But yeah, he's now academy manager at Northampton. Ah. Um, so he's no longer with us. But we've got, yeah, we've got Faye Okunabiri, who you guys put in a cheeky bid last January transfer window. He scored a load of goals. Cummings, for example, Cummings only had one shot um, against Gillingham. And he scored two goals in his first two games for us. And he's a really, really good striker. And so is Okunabiri, a really good striker. Two strikers that have got pace good movement and um, are both really good at finishing. But if you don't give them opportunities to shoot, they're not going to score. Um, and yeah, it's it's either we can only score from, or the, our main kind of way of trying to score goals is through crossing the ball, a bit like trying to copy Man City um, from like, you know, the byline. Um, but yeah, we're just not giving our strikers chances to score, um, which is really, really frustrating. And, and when we do create chances, and the odd game, we have created quite a few chances. Um, we just keep fluffing our lines all the time. I think you know you mentioned about um, about formation, and I think as far as I'm aware, from what I can see, it looks like Sam Ricketts has pretty much played exclusively a three-five-two since he's been there. What are the pros and cons of that formation then for for Shrewsbury? So, from a defensive position, um, yeah, we've got a, a better defensive record than Sunderland, for example. So we've yeah. only conceded 14 goals. Um, defensively. We've got some really, really good defenders. So, um, Rochelle Williams, who we've got from Man United, and Pierre, who is uh, signed from Northampton. Um, we've got a really, really solid defence. Um, but just going forward, we just don't seem to be able to. We've, I, I describe us as dysfunctional going forward. I mean, our pass is going astray, um, very frustrating to watch. But as a defensive unit, we're very, very strong. Um, good central defenders. Um, we defend well and we, get, we do backtrack, and we are a fit, hardworking team. And then to make things even kind of better for us, um, we've got a really, really good goalkeeper in Max O'Leary. And Max O'Leary is a player you mentioned to me in particular. Um, he's been sent on loan from, from Bristol City. Now, I was sort of looking into his career as a whole. He's played pretty much exclusively in the non-league, but it appears he got into the team a little bit last season at Bristol City. So, I mean, how, how good is he? How important is he to that? Because got, he's got quite a good clean sheet record. Yeah, the whole team has a good clean sheet record, six clean sheets so far this season. Yeah, he's a really, really good shot stopper. A really, really good reactions. Um, obviously, we had a couple of years ago we had Dean Henderson on loan, so we're quite used to having good loanee keepers. I wouldn't say he's, he's up there with Dean Henderson because Dean Henderson potentially is a future England international. Yeah, but um, yeah, O'Leary's um, you know certainly um, even at this moment in time, I'd say you know good enough to play in the championship from a shot stopping position. Maybe his distribution needs a bit of work, but he's only 23. But as a as a keeper making saves, you know he's he's certainly made some fantastic saves so far this season. And then, sort of in front of him, uh, you've got Aaron Pierre, who is really highly rated from Northampton, and I believe Omar Beckles is still there as well, sort of a left sided centre back. Um, how important has Aaron Pierre been to sort of the start of the season and, and your strong performances defensively? Yeah, we've got um, Ebanks Landall, who was on loan at Rochdale last season from um, Wolves. He's, he was our main central defender and playing in centre. And actually, um, Pierre was playing left with Beckles on the bench. But with Ebanks being injured, yeah, Pierre's slotted into the central position. 
Um, and he's a very, very solid, good defender at this level. He's he's quite fast. He's got a good left foot, um, and he's yeah wins a lot of headers. Um, he had a particularly good game at, away at Tranmere where he completely bossed the defence. Um, and he was yeah we always do top threes on the start of the past, and he's been popping up in the top threes quite a lot this season. I think I'm trying to remember the last time we we went to to Shrewsbury, and and as far as I remember, it was almost a year to the day. And um, you know, last time we visited uh, New Meadow, you were sort of languishing down the bottom of the league and it was under John Askey then, I think it was, but you actually left, I think, a few games later. Uh, you came to the stadium light a couple of months into Sam Ricketts' um, sort of spells manager and we're one of the first teams to sort of pick up that annoying 1-1 draw that we seem to pick up quite a lot towards the end of the season, which effectively cost us um, sort of promotion. But since you've appointed Sam Ricketts, um, you know, he's been at the helm about a year. How has his first year been, and and how is the fan base taken to him? Yeah, I, I in my in my kind of mindset, I cut it into two halves. So you've got the period where um, he came in and had to do a bit of a salvage job to um, save us, um, and that gave me a bit of a clean slate for the season. And up to so far this season, I've been quite positive about Sam Ricketts in terms of the players that we signed. You mentioned a few. We signed Goss um, from the Championship. Obviously, Cummings we mentioned. Um, you know, we've signed all the players that we've signed have you know, seemed like pretty good standard including the one and only Donald Love um, the one and only so from a transfer point of view he seems good, He seems to have done really well um, and then the defensive we've done really well um, and we definitely are a team in transition and we I think all, most football fans appreciate it to take a bit of time to build a team together but the team is just lacking in its attacking intent so defensively we're much better this season than we were last season. We work a lot harder and we're a lot more organised. And when you visited us last year, we were a little bit um, in crisis. Well, we were in crisis um, because we, you know, we just weren't winning games. So we are we are doing okay. We are mid table, um, which is a bit odd because that's our kind of expectation. So we're happy to do mid table. But as you know, your home performances and what the home fans see have a big bearing on what um, the fans view of you know performance of the team and the manager. And for me, it's particularly the lack of goals at home and the results at home that have been kind of, I'd say, clouding the fans' perception of Sam Ricketts. So, you know, mid-table, tick. Um, you know, defensively, tick. But again, as I said a few times now, going forward, we're just so boring that fans are getting a, bit, a little bit uh, disappointed and a bit upset. Yeah, because I'm looking just through sort of your your results, and there's there's some not bad results in there, but in general nothing inspiring massively. I mean, you've got your one one draw last night. Before that, it was it was nil nil at Lincoln, which obviously we lost at Lincoln, but Lincoln were down to ten men. You did beat Tranmere one nil, but then to kind of they had um, a man sent off. Pair, yeah, that's true, and to pair that off as well, you had a three nil defeat against Fleetwood, but then you got draws against Rotherham, AFC Wimbledon. Um, losing at Ipswich, draw against Burton. There is also in there a really random result, which is obviously the the one we've discussed already: the Shrewsbury four, Southend three. Um, the home form seems to be a, a sort of a lot of draws, uh, but so does the away form. It, do you think the performances have been better than the results indicate? You just failing to have anyone that can stick the ball in the back of the net, or failing to find that cohesion further up the field? And what do you think you can do to change that? Um, I think it's worth just adding that most of the results, the most of the teams we've played this season are in the bottom half. So we haven't played, apart from um, Ipswich and Fleetwood, we haven't played, obviously, yourselves. We haven't played Wickham, Peterborough, Oxford United, Blackpool or Coventry yet. 
So there's a lot of teams in the higher end of the tier we haven't played. So I think that's worth bearing in mind. Um, but in terms of, so there's been a, there's been a, the odd game where we have created quite a few chances and could have won. But overall, our ability to kind of create good chances is our is our fun our number one kind of concern. Um, it's 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 rare for us to you know we can talk and boost games about a couple of chances, but we're just not creating enough. Uh, and that's that's the frustration that most town fans hold at the moment is we're just not scoring enough goals. So we've and I, I imagine we'll struggle to score against Sunderland on Saturday. Uh, yeah. Well, we've only had one clean sheet this season, which actually came last night. So hopefully, hopefully you are right. But I suppose it'll be a a battle of one of the worst defences on paper versus one of the worst attacks on paper. So it might be another nil-nil. Who knows? Um, but when it comes to, I mean, we've discussed formation. We've discussed um, a couple of the sign-ins as well. So we knew it was going to come to this. We knew it was going to come on there. Um, I've been noticing there's a certain D-Love, Donald Love, um, who is really weirdly loved by everyone for some reason. Um He's been playing right wing back. Talk talk to me about Donald Love. How has he fitted in? How has he gone down? Is he is he performing well? Yeah, he came into the side straight away and he's um, been playing every game. Um as a right back playing in right wing back, um I'd say it's possibly his attacking threat is probably his weakest element. But from a defensive point of view, um he's really solid. Um you know, I can't really think of any games where you know he's been the target of uh, um, tactics from the opposition. There's no team is thinking let's let's use let's go against Donald Love because he's the weak link. He's certainly not. And from a defensive position, he's been really really good. So he's one of those players that most most home fans are really quite happy with his performances so far. Um, and I think he's doing really well. Um, he's settled really well, and maybe maybe Shrewsbury's the kind of level he needs to be at to kind of rebuild his career. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you, you never want to, because we're all in the same league. At the end of the day, you never want to say that um, anyone's bigger than anyone else. But I suppose when it comes to Sunland, there is the bigger expectations, I suppose, in the, the, the bigger stadium, the bigger arena, which is naturally sometimes a bit more pressure. Um, yeah. And he came in, at, he came in to be fair, Donald Love, he came in at a really poor time. He came in sort of when the Moise era started, which is kind of when things went drastically south and, and really really fast and but he, he really struggled with injury with us a lot of the time because he started um for us last season at, at right back but quickly got injured um and d- didn't actually do too bad you mentioned he's played every game i'm guessing he's he's had no such injury problems then no 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 injury problems at all he's played um every every minute of the season so far in the league when I was looking through your signings in total, because obviously I looked at Donald Love straight away and, and Jason Cummins, we've mentioned, really stuck out, but there was quite a bit of movement for you in the summer transfer market, as you sort of mentioned. Um, you brought in Jason Cummins, Donald Love, I think we've touched on Pierre as well, but is there anyone else that's impressed you sort of during the summer, um, from the summer signings? Yeah, Goss, who we signed um, from the championship from QPR. He's a player that was at Exeter U system, then got took taken to Man United. So he went came through the Man United system, um, then he went to QPR, and then he's a defence midfielder. He's a um, let's call him a this is quite a a step, but maybe a, a League One Carrick. He's a really really good at switching the play, yeah. um, really really good passer of the ball. Um, he's a phenomenal passer for this level, and um, so he's one of the players that stands out as well for me. Um, and Brian Giles started the season really well. He scored um, a super strike against Pom- Pompey, and he's on loan from um, Wolves. He's really, really good going forward. He's in. He was a, young, a winger growing up, 
Um, so going forward, he's really fast. He's good at dribbling. Um, but defensively, he's got a little bit to learn. And he gave away a penalty last night, which was a bit of naivety for himself. Because it was, I believe you went 1-0 down last night, wasn't it? And you pulled it back. And yeah. It was one more Beckles pulling it back. I was I'm sort of looking through your team that you played yesterday. Um, obviously, we've touched on O'Leary, we've touched on Cummins and, and Udo up front and Giles and Love as kind of your left and, and right wing backs. Are you expecting any changes for Saturday? Do you think there'll be anything that changes if you've got any injuries or anything like that? Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. A lot of fans are getting a bit frustrated that we're playing the same team, which obviously is, you know, has, has two sides to it in terms of it's good, obviously, to get a team to get used to each other, yeah. especially as, as a new squad and a new team. But I think people are a little bit frustrated and almost, you know, like this happens with all fans, fans trying to find um, reasons for, for for results. And yeah, yeah, people absolutely. are hoping for a change. So maybe after playing on Saturday, Friday, then on Tuesday, and now again on Saturday, maybe there are a few changes. Um, so Laurent came off on the 59th minute for Worley. Um, and then Edwards, who used to play for Wolves, played most of his career in the Championship Premier League, came on on 73 minutes. So I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if there's a few changes in midfield. Um, and Odo, who started, um, came off injured after 30 minutes. So I imagine there might be a couple of changes in the starting lineup on Saturday. Yeah, because I'm looking just at Rick's comments yesterday, and he's saying it was it was two points dropped. We were really poor in the first half, and we don't didn't play with any real speed or intensity. Uh, we never got going in a game where I thought we could have taken it by the scruff of the neck and we were just waiting for things to happen as opposed to making something happen. Is there anyone that you, you can bring in that will give you that sort of speed, intensity and, and grab the game by the scruff of the neck? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one because we've got um, a player called Sean Worley who's yeah. probably up there in terms of the best um, kind of, well, we don't play with wingers, which is his, his main problem for him, is that he's probably one of the best dribblers in the league. Um, you know, like most League One wingers, his crossing and stuff is, and his shooting is probably, you know, you know not, his dribbling is good enough for the championship, but his passing and shooting has meant that he's only ever played the highest level of League yeah. One. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he plays either up front or maybe in a number 10 role. But given we're playing against you guys, then obviously you've got some, you know, quite an expensive assembled squad. Um, I don't imagine we'll play with three strikers. Um, so either he'll play up front potentially, or maybe he'll play as a number 10, but I just can't see it. I imagine we'll start with a fairly defensive lineup. I was going to say, are you anticipating sort of, because maybe last season was different. I think we're still maybe quite a big fish. Um, and we, we do still have players that are, I suppose, on paper to be feared. And, you know, if we were talking, but if we were talking before last night's game, we are basically there or thereabouts mid table. Obviously, we've we've hammered Tranmere five 0 last night, and we're hopefully going to get a bit of a new manager bounce. But do you think Ricketts is likely to go defensive on on Saturday and see if he can get a point and and not see it as one of the games where you know you can guarantee it will be a three home points or you should be going for three home points? Yeah, I think Ricketts has got a bit of a dilemma because. Um, Performances at home have been really poor. There's yeah. been a lack of goals at home, and to try and get keep the fans on his side or improve his relationship with the fans, he needs to get a result. Um, but yeah, clearly you've got you know strikers um, like um, Greg in your team. Um, you know you've got some good players. Obviously Max Power is a player that most all Shrewsbury Town fans will know. You've got some good players in your team. So I would, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be fascinating one to see how he plays this one. I imagine it will be he'll err on the side of caution. Um, um, and doesn't want to get thrashed. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, if 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 you lost the game, say you got beat 
2 or 3 nil, and, and we had a big win, which would be lovely for us. Would there be any pressure on him? I think there's been, and this is, this is the interesting bit, so what I mentioned before about how I view it as Ricketts got two, two periods, two chapters so far of his reign, a lot of fans don't see that. A lot of fans are disappointed, the fact that he didn't really, so points per game when Ricketts came in, nothing really changed. Yeah. Actually, it was the points that we got in our caretaker manager that enabled us to survive. So points per game didn't really improve when Sam Ricketts came in. Now, yes, we are mid-table at the moment, but we've, you know, we've had a couple of, you know, you know, as you know, you tell yourself, you know, you're only you're only six points from the relegation zone, but at the same time, we're only like, you know, four points away from the playoffs. So yeah. it's all very close at this point. It could go either way. I think you know, there's no way he's under pressure to be sacked yet, but there's a, a growing sense of frustration. Um, I think if we started to fall towards the relegation zone, then he'd be in, in real pressure. But I think we're talking months rather than games. Yeah. Now, one thing sort of moving away from this season, I guess, um, a bit, bit of a random fact about us both, I suppose, um, is that we're both, I think, the only teams to lose the Checker Trade Trophy and the playoff final at Wembley in the same season. Um, now, Sunderland as a club, and it kind of ended in the second of Jack Ross, felt quite a horrendous hangover from those games, not just as a team, but as a fan base. Um Obviously, you lost your manager, which was a little different. Um, but how much of a hangover did you feel from losing those games and, and that season where you finished third, but kind of won nothing, including the checker trade? Yeah, it's funny. We've got um, some of the Central fans. We've we've been to Wembley five times, new and old Wembley, and lost every single time. <laughs> no, that we hate Wembley with a passion. <laughs> um, yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, after and this is one of the things that so when we met with Sam, so I met with Sam Ricketts a couple of times with some other supporters groups, and which is quite rare for Shrewsbury Town fans. But I know obviously from that famous documentary, it's something that Sunderland do quite regularly. And the trouble was the season when we got third in the league, the number of players that were contracted for the final next season was very small. Yeah. And also we've actually been through two managers since then. So Paul Ricketts went, sorry, Paul Ricketts, Paul Hurst went to Ipswich. Um, Ipswich. And then we got John Askey. Yeah. So from that team now, we've almost we're on our third team almost yeah. from that team. So we've had two transitions of players um, and managers since we lost to the playoff final. Um, so yes, it's cast a shadow. The club, I've heard the club members of the club say that it raised the fans' expectations um, in terms of what they expect. But I don't really agree that's true because when I did a poll for the start of the season, 83% of the town fans thought that we'd finish, we want, we'd, they wanted us to expect us to finish mid-table, yeah. which doesn't, for me, suggest that the Shooty Town fans have lofty ambitions. No, not not at all. Um, I, you know, I think, yeah, you, you had a, a good particular season, but it was more like a it was more like a standout season, wasn't it, rather than a, an yeah. upward progression as, as how it felt from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, a perfect storm in the sense that we had Ben, we had so we signed a couple of championship level players in, um, in, in or even now who plays actually playing in the Premier League now. So Ben Godfrey, yeah, who plays in defence for Norwich, he played in defence midfield and he was an absolute Rolls Royce defence midfielder. We had Dean Henderson in goal, you know, playing for Sheffield United in the Premier League. So yeah. those two added an element and quite a few players and then played in the Championship. And then also it was just a, a togetherness. So we had Dan James actually on loan. Um, at the start of that season but he couldn't get in the team because the, the guy who was playing left wing was just you know on form and had his best game and we've got quite a few players who played performed in that team that have not hit that hit those heights 
yet. So it was, yeah, it was just a, it was a bit like a Leicester in a sense, you know, just perfect timing for everyone's career. And, and they just, we managed to keep that momentum going all season. Talking about managers, what, what I was quite surprised at, and I think we discussed it at the time, but when, when Jodaski got sacked, I'm pretty certain that Paul Hurst had also been sacked. And I, I almost expected it just to go back together, but there was, it seemed from Twitter, from Shrewsbury Twitter, there was a bit of a pushback on that. Um, is there still a bit of bad feeling towards Paul Hurst then? Yeah, the rumour has it, and Paul Hurst is on the Not Top 20 podcast, and he didn't defuse, he didn't, um, you know, he didn't cover this point off at all. Yeah. And um, there's a rumour that he cleared his desk before the playoff final. <sighs> so that, and, and there's, a, um, there's a few other rumours which I've heard of, but I probably can't really share. But yeah. yeah, I think it's fair to say that the club felt a little bit disappointed. So they gave him a new contract in the January and paid him some more money. And, you know, the club has always been really, really fair and is, you know, very pragmatic in the sense that we'll sign players like a Donald Love with the expectation that, you know, a championship team might come in and sign him and he'll go on and, we'll, you know, we're all with, we'll get the benefit of his good performances and we'll get the money that comes along with selling him. Um, so I think the club just felt a little bit disappointed that the way, the manner he left, that it was a matter of like hours after the playoff final that um, he was, you know, the Ipswich chairman and all that were trying to, Contacting, contacting us, um, but we came out all right. We got we lost two players in the end, but we got over at least one point two million for the players, and we would have got some money for her. So I don't think we we did too, too bad in the end. But going back to your original question, there's no chance of Paul Hurst coming back to Shrewsbury Town. I don't think, even though the fans were calling for him, and every time we lost a game, Paul Hurst's name came up on the message boards. Yeah, yeah, I kind of I kind of half expected it to, but unless you're in. The mist of a football club, you never really know the, the true genuine feelings, not not being a fan, no. not being a neutral fan. Um, moving up to more sort of recent times, um, as we've discussed already, we won 5-0, you drew 1-1. One, one. Um, does it concern you that Sunderland seemed to wallop Tranmere last night and get that long overdue win, which feels like we've been waiting about 18 months for, before we play you? Are you, are you kind of... Would you rather we didn't win by that amount so we're not on a high? Or Do you understand where I'm coming from with it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally do. So when we do our podcast, we always do predictions. So last Saturday, I did predictions for the for Sunday game and I put it down as a draw, yeah. a score draw. Um, we've played Tranmere and their defence is utterly shocking. Yes, we had, um, as if you're, I'm sure you're familiar with XG, we had an XG of over three and we hit the post, we hit the keeper, we hit the bar, we fluffed shots from like a yard out and we could have battered them at least 3-4-0. Um, so, and at the same time, obviously I saw your results when Parkinson took over. Didn't like he changed, you know, changed anything over in the first game. But yeah, so my view has slightly changed. Um, sounds like obviously against Tranmere, you obviously were able to score a few goals. But I do take him a big pinch of salt that Tranmere were a pretty poor. When we played them, they only had one fit central defender. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, I'm not sure if that was the case um, last night. Um, so yes, it's with me. It's, it's tilted me to the thought that Sunderland are probably going to win, but I'd be surprised if you if you scored more than, you know, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a 2-1 or something like that. It's it's not, I, I can't see you beating us 5-0. Um, I think we're just too good defensively for that to happen, unless Will Grigg just scores, you know, well decent 40 yards. <laughs> um, I mean, he had a great game last night, bless him. Um, he, it's no secret he hasn't had the the best of starts to his his first year at Sunderland, but he, he was he was excellent last night actually. And um, Duncan Watmore was another player who 
I'm sure people will. I think you got man of the match last night, Duncan Watmore, who's obviously played for us in the Premier League, but had two horrendous ACL injuries, and it's absolutely great to see him back. And it's weird how how a, a win of that magnitude can totally change the feel around around the club, and it and it really has, to be honest with you. And I think we're much more looking forward to Saturday, but but you never know with League One football. I've noticed it's not a million miles different to Championship football in the fact that the bottom of the league can whack the top of the league four 0 and. Anyone can be anyone essentially on the day, uh, which is something I don't. I don't think I necessarily like that, but I suppose it's exciting for the neutral. But um, yeah, you spoke about Will Grigg um, on yesterday. In a, it's a it's a big discussion actually. Or a rel- a relatively uh, something that we have discussed is about arguably our best player, Aidan McGeady. Um, does our over reliance on him affect the way we play and he was actually suspended yesterday so you can imagine the people who feel like McGeady does maybe hinder the way we play um kind of feel a bit validated um me personally I think you know he's our best player I think it's down to the manager to get the best out of him but we expect him to come back in on Saturday I think because Lyndon Gooch got injured last night so it could be McGeady against McGeady against Donald Love, which I'm sure will be interesting. Um, but which which players are you most concerned about? Say you had to pick like three, and where you think we could damage you? Where would you where would you pinpoint the problems are? Um, I think it would be in, in midfield. So um, like what more power? Um, and I'm not sure if I'm honest where what formation you're playing these days because I heard at the start you were playing with three at the back. It was a really weird so formation you... at the start, but since yeah, since about the third game of the season, I think Jack was scrapped it and, and Parkinson's kept up. We play like a um, a flat back four. You've got two two midfielders sometimes holding midfielders, but last night you played power with George Dobson, so it was less defensive. Then he has like the front three, which is uh, last night was what more. Maguire in the 10 and Gooch and then you've got your, your lone centre forward but um, Gooch is injured and we haven't really had a settled two midfielders it's been Dobson and Ledbetter or uh, McGeoch and Dobson or Power and Ledbetter but last night it was Power and, and Dobson Yeah we, we struggled against teams um, so Fleetwood were really savvy tactically um, playing 4-3-3 um, and also against um, Ipswich um, it was very much their strikers and their wing, their wing back, sorry, their, their fullbacks pushing on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, it's the, it's the it's the wing areas. So if you've got players that are, you know, obviously Gooch, is one of those players that's really fast and you know really good at dribbling. So I think they're the kind of players that we're going to be fearful of midfielders that can run with the ball. Um, and we saw that a little bit last night um, when um, Gillingham got the ball and ran at us. That was when they were a most uh, most a threat. When we get into a low a low block and into a defensive position, and we're defending, you know, in front of our box, that's when we're most we're the most comfortable. If you hit us on the counter attack with pace, that's probably going to be your best chance of, of scoring against us. It's interesting because Watmore um, has been injured pretty much for almost two seasons, but he's he's came back in the past few weeks and he's he's came back like old Duncan Watmore. So if he if he keeps that up, he is by far and wide the fastest player in the team. And despite having two ACL injuries, he certainly hasn't lost his pace at all. Um, bless him. So, so yeah, potentially. So, I suppose just to finish, um, as always, uh, we always look at predictions. You've mentioned you, you fancied a score draw, but you might have changed on that. If you had to, if you had to pick a result, what would you go for? Um, I'd go for a two-one win to Sunderland. I'll go for a two-nil then. I think I can see similar to last year. I'm going to go. I'm going to go a Luke nine again. And I think I'm trying to remember who scored the goals last year. It was oh nine got one of them. Yeah, nine got the second one. Um, who got the first I can't one remember. 
can't remember who got the first one. I remember it was a pretty turgid affair again. <laughs> I imagine yeah. it's going to be, I'm not sure if it's going to be a one for the neutrals. Um, it was an own goal. It was an own goal. It was Omar Beckles. Yeah, by Beckles. There we go. Omar Beckles scored an own goal. Yeah, that was it. And then, and then, yeah, then I think it was one of his first games with an 09 playing right back, wasn't it? Uh, he came on his sub in the midfield, but then went almost exclusively to right back straight after that. I was going to yeah. say that O'Neill doesn't really play right back anymore, but then he, he got reverted back to right back last night and had an absolute stormer. So what do I know? Um, but Ollie, thanks so much for popping on. Thanks as no always problem. for joining us. Um, don't enjoy Saturday too much, um, but enjoy it as best <laughs> as you can. Um, and thanks as always, mate. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.